Oh, fuck off, mate. You can take one of my gold discs. You can have my gold discs, baby. They make me nothing. They're, they're nothing. There's only a bit of plastic. That means fuck all. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to episode 112 of Sapnin Podcast with my good self, Sean Smith, and my very, very good friend, Morgan Richards, who is sometimes known in the rap community as Mo Dick. In brackets there, he's not known to anybody as Mo Dick. Um, here he is, Morgan Richards! Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and I hate to break it to you, but oh, the adrenaline is kicking in for an episode full of rumours, gossip, and fireworks. This week's guest is uh, <laughs> Yumi at Six guitarist, legend, and all-round good, good friend of ours, Max Hellyer. Yes. Now, we've got a lot of love for Yumi at Six and their Sixers army on Sapnin. But today, Sean, is a very special day because we're celebrating the release of their seventh full-length studio album, Sucker Punch, with a lot of secrets behind the music and the band's 15th year anniversary. Obviously, we've had Josh on the podcast before on two episodes, but we thought this time we'd invite our good friend Max Hellier to share his side of the band and some mad experiences of making this music in Thailand. Yeah, we asked specifically for Max because we thought he's a bit um, exciting. He's exciting and he's excitable as well. So I was like, oh, we might get some some dirt out of him. Um, But yeah, we had a fantastic chat. Thanks again to Max. I love seeing it. Just seeing him is enough to make me happy. Just seeing his fucking head. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much to Max. Thank you very much to Yumi Six's team. We had a great chat. We talked all things Sucker Punch, the new songs, the new sound. Well, sounds, because they haven't completely changed. Like, every song sounds a little bit different. And, yeah, well, we t- we talk about that later on. And, it's and yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic thing. So um, I remember the, one of the first times I ever met Max was in Abasoch. I believe, which is Ooh. a Welsh town in North Wales, where the Blackout were playing a festival, uh, and Yumi Six played as well. That was the first time we'd all ever met. Yeah, years later, Max. I remember Max telling me that he was like, "Oh my God, we're playing the Blackout!" And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Look, 
And I was like, yeah, well, look, you know you're a fucking 15-year career in the same band, and I'm here gonna do this now. Oh, oh. my God, I know. But anyway, yeah, it was a great, great chat with Max. Uh, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> just always. Ni- it's just nice to have him on, because, as you said, we've both known him personally for years doing our different things and it's nice to have a different insight into a band that we both love and have a lot of connections with but as you said we're going to get some insane secrets about this new record sucker punch really mashing up so many different genres now in this new era touring in the spotlight from such a young age because i think you know max was like 15 when they were writing take off your colors and some insane moments including that time they really pissed off Noel Gallagher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What a story. Yes, that's fucking absolutely brilliant. It's good. It's a good episode. It's a very, very good episode. Like the UMA 6 record is a very, very good record. Um, all the songs I've heard so far, all of four, I think I cock up and say three early on. That's because I forgot about the, the one that came out like months and months ago. But yeah, they're all cool. They've all got a different vibe. There's, for fans of Prodigy, uh, for fans of Faithless, for fans of massive big rock anthems, it's it's just a bit of everything, and it's and it's good to see. And yeah, we talk about how you know the future's like potentially playlists and stuff. And I think they've written an album that lends itself to loads of different playlists, mm. which is which is a genius ah, idea. Really, smart boys, see? very yeah, smart so boys. You you're not just in the rock category. If you've got something a bit dancey, something a bit R and B. And yeah, all the songs I've heard so far, I genuinely believe that instrument-wise and vocal-wise, it sounds like they've never been better to me. Josh sounds stronger than ever and um, more confident than ever. So yeah, I'm just excited for this, to hear the rest of the record, really, Mm. which... um, is out right now yes before you before you listen to it listen to this feature in max yes well i think we say a lot how bands evolve over the years but yumi 6 is a prime example of how you can incorporate different kind of elements and influences into your sound but kind of still stay the same and hung into your roots It, it was interesting when we went to um well watches at the time of recording their last in live performance at Gunnersville Festival 2019, just seeing him play all those singles and how they've really grown up over the years. For you, Sean, as someone obviously who's toured with them, you played The Consequence with them at Gunnersville. How has it been for you seeing their evolution over the years? It's been amazing. I've literally watched them turn from boys to men, not the... Um, <laughs> not the R&B act. I was going to no, say. Not the I, don't, act. No. I, I don't remember and, that tour. <laughs> yeah, but I have literally watched them grow up. It's mad. I have watched them grow up, like, from, Aww. you know, our first tours together, watching them just be brightly coloured T-shirt wearing, fl- <laughs> yeah. floppy fringe and malatari. Oh, wait, I'm describing myself now. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, going from, like, these really fucking happy, like, spring in their step, like, yeah, anything's possible, youngsters. Um, to be in the uh, rock behemoth they are now. So, yeah, it's been amazing. And um, fair play to the boys for sticking to it. They genuinely deserve it. So, yeah, congratulations to Yumi 6. Well done, boys, because fucking fair play. 15 years. Like, it's fucking mad, isn't it? Or the old time we were talking about it, I just wanted to go, Max, it's fucking mad, isn't it? <laughs> 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 oh. 
Amazing, amazing. And while we got to talk to him, we got to see all these gold records in the background as well, which is uh, very interesting. Uh, but I think show off. the best thing everyone can do is share their favorite Yumi at Six memories with us online via our social media pages at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a little like, retweet, and send us messages about Anything you want to do with the podcast, your love for Yumi 6, this episode, future guest suggestions, hit us up. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P, then P again, then an E, then an N, then an I, then an N, then a P, then an O, then a D. I know I've just made that way, way more difficult than just spelling it. Why did I do it like that? But I've done it now. It's too fucking late. At Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a share. Please, we're begging. Is there any other online-based platforms that you think listeners to this podcast should check out for something, I don't know, that gets you into... An exclusive cult or community, maybe? I don't think you can call it a cult because I think that puts some sort of legality problems on it. Ah. But (laughs) if you've listened to any of the 112 episodes that we've put out so far, please, 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 please think of joining our Patreon. Sorry, it's not Christmas anymore. Go to patreon.com forward slash happening. Stop laughing, Morgan. It's putting me off. Patreon.com forward slash happening and you can give as little or as much as you want. If you're, um, if you're a Tory, please, please give us thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds that you're now making um, because of Brexit. Um, if you're not a Tory, you can give as little as you want. But um, yeah, please think about supporting us. It all goes back into keeping us alive and making this podcast each and every week. We have missed a week in 112 episodes. Oh. That is, that's, that's a long time. That's a long time it's when you think it's bonkers. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. Oh, like I know we did our we did our one episode where you had to do the interview. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But other, other than that, has it been you haven't done one where you've had to do an intro and outro on your own yet? No, you? no. But even with that episode, you were on the intro and outro with me. Yeah, it's just mad, isn't it? I, I, yeah, we fucking managed to do 112 episodes so far, and we've got some in the bag. Some in the bag that are fucking mind blowing. <laughs> We've got at least one in the bag that when we were on the call, I nearly shit myself. Yeah. And it was just, um, I was just sitting there going, that's uh, Mm. unbelievable. unbelievable." Yes, it was. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Again, follow us on socials at Pod on Instagram, Twitter, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin if you want to help give back or want any extra content because there's loads of extra content and stuff over on our Patreon, so please check it out. Yes, and you get to create some amazing friendships with some of our favourite people of all time and help make this podcast happen each and every week. Get sneak peeks of every episode before they come out and loads of different bonuses. So patreon.com forward slash Sapnin and have a look at the mess we've made anyway let's go straight in yeah i know you you really wish i was yep I get was, on with it you really Just wish get on with it you've you done re- it now you've done it now but do you, if you carry on you are gonna face the consequence uh, yes there we oh, are everyone i got sake. him to say oh, it my life check out my check life. this out this is max hell yeah you and me at six telling a sucker punch and everything else on sapnin podcast sapnin sapnin <laughs>
What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? He hasn't said the name of the show correctly, but he has done it with a Welsh accent, so we let him off. This week's oh. guest is Guitar Virtuoso, Max Elliott from UVA6. Yeah. Yes! I How are you, Max? Cock it. I try and not cock up the name next time. I thought I had it right for ages, and then obviously I've been a donut sitting here going, I've got it, I've got it in the bag. And obviously I fucked it up, so what a sell to this Monday, eh? <laughs> no, it's not Monday, it's Friday. It's Friday today, technically. Cause the- is it Friday? That's, that's where my brain's at right now. It's been one hell of a week. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we can break kayfib. It is actually Monday, but when this comes out, this will be Friday, the day of your record coming out. So, yes. Yes. Congra- congratulations. How are you feeling Thank about you. everything? Um, you know, excited to get it out. You know, it's been a long process to get here, considering Sucker Punch has been in the making, I think, the week after we released Six. Oh, so wow. since like, the, the back end of 2018, we were just straight into making this record or writing for the record. So, you know, it took it was a long process. It was up and down emotional wave of making this record, I think, for us as human beings going through what we went through our lives. But I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. And all that shit that happened in my life has allowed me to write some fucking good songs So <laughs> with the rest of the lads. So it was great, you know, like I can only say it's on the behalf of the rest of them, of the guys as well. Like I do think this is probably one of our strongest bodies of work that we've had for a long time. And I think we've been saying it's, it will cont- hopefully in, in the fans' eyes, it will contend there's a record that will stand up there with something like Sinners, you know, because I think it's got the energy of Sinners and not looking backwards in time, but I know a lot of our fans love that record and how much that record means to them. I, I look at the comparisons of these two records and there. Sinners had a lot of diversity on it and I think so does Sucker Punch, but I think it's just sinners on crap. It's just like fast forward 10 years later, we've learned a little bit more about ourselves as human beings and our songwriting skills. And we've experienced new different things. And, you know, I can say that Dan and myself have taken a lot of time working on production and like writing and recording at our own home studios. And I think that's really helped us develop and push our sound a little bit further in terms of what we want to achieve instead of just making another Yumi at Six record, which would have been very easy to do, but there's no fun in that. And I think that's copping out the fans and it's also copping copping us out as musicians. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Because yeah, you don't want to be just feel like you're running through the motions when you're on stage, just like, oh, we've written this record fucking 10 times, you know. It's just... Yeah. And I suppose it's easy to get into that as well because I guess, you know, a lot of bands are scared to change their sound or whatever or mix it up a bit. But... uh, yeah, these new these new tracks, the three now so far that have been released, right? The, these three have been uh, three I or j- four. Yeah, I think what I think what we released, Adrenaline, which was the fourth one on mm. New Year's Day, yes. I believe. So. And yeah, to, and for me, I think that's the best one yet. It's um, oh really? Yeah, to me, that's well, they're all good. I'm not lying. They're all they're all really good. Um, I genuinely believe. Yeah, Adrenaline's got like a big stadium rock feel. And I think I can't wait to see that being played in arenas and then eventually stadiums. So uh... it's, 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 it's so weird sitting here talking about songs, right? That, you know, like you're saying, we've released four songs, but God knows, like, we, like when you actually listen to them, like you're saying, Sean, it's like, I can't wait to hear these songs being played live <laughs> because actually, like, 
There's not many songs on this record that we've actually all played together as right. a band That's all true, the way yeah. through because it's like, you know, sitting there being in a home studio and you make something and you go into the studio and go, oh yeah, that's cool. And then you kind of just attack it straight away. Like, all right, let's get on with the fucking drums and let's get on with this. And you're like, well, you know, I think Adrenaline's the, well, Glasgow we've performed because we've done a special, I don't know if I should announce, but I'm going to, Ooh. you know, we, we did something special with Abbey Road and Amazon. Nice. So we filmed uh, a piece for Glasgow, which was the first time we've ever played that song as a band when we did that. And then there's songs like Adrenaline that we've got, you know, when we went to the studio, the, the song was there, but the bridge section, the like the, the mega mid late part, it wasn't there before. And we kind of left the excitement to happen in Thailand. We were making it. So, you know, sitting here and talking about playing songs live, I'm like, I don't even know what these songs are going to sound like live because it's like, they've not been played before as a band. So, most of the time you can go, oh, you know, you sit there and go, like, make me feel alive. You know, it's going to it's gonna kick off a beautiful way. We'll do the same. And maybe Adrenaline's going to be a push fucking mosh song, like you said, Stadium Romper. But I, I'm excited for it, you know, for the first time. Like, when you take something away from you, I'm sitting there going, I can't wait to play these songs live. And it's kind of just being prolonged longer and longer, like, with everything that's going on. So I think it will be special when we get around to doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned prior to us um, chatting that this was meant to come out like September, was it? September 2020? Yeah, well, you know, b- before the, the Rona, the vid <laughs> kicked in, you know. Bloody the vid. vid. Yeah. You know, the bloody vid, you know, in the words of Kevin Hart, you know. We were sitting there going, right, cool, well, we've got festival season coming up. And we're like, right, we'll release a song for festival season and that'll be the start into the campaign, have summer to build into it and release a record September, October time. And when it all happened, it was still on the cards and we're talking about it. But as the longer it went on, we were sitting there being like, are we going to rush this? You know, at that point, we didn't have artwork, any plans or visual aspects of this record. And yeah, we've got to do our part because obviously, you know, I think a lot of people looked at the creatives at the time of need when it first all kicked off. And I think everybody rallied up and kept people morally supported by just jumping on Instagram to podcast chat and just being socially out there for people to kind of embrace them for a difficult time. And I think the longer it went on, we're like, you know, we don't know how long this is going to last. And we've got, we've got a great record here, but there's actually other areas that we haven't spent time thinking about. And normally that kind of gets rushed and we're sitting going, well, Maybe for the first time we can just sit and live with it, you know, and live this, live with this record. You know, we recorded it in October, November of 2019. So it's finished before the end of 2019. And then we started mixing it over the start of the year. And that's kind of where like COVID kind of helped because we were just, we were allowed to live with our music for longer than essentially that we would normally have it for which allowed us to make decisions on the mixing process, work with different mixers across the record. This is the first time we've not had a record mixed by one person. It's been mixed by three, four people, you oh, know, which is really nice. exciting, which yeah. is really exciting. You know, like I look back at some of my favorite records, you know, I think a prime example, I think it's that Blink record, self-titled. It was mixed mm. by different people. And you look at somebody like Fallout Boys, like record, like with Thanks for the Memories all on it. It was mixed by different people. And I think actually it's allowed a different energy and excitement to come throughout when you listen from start to finish. It's just, it's not just the same like kind of journey is you can hear the different people mixing it, which I think it gives it a bit more of excitement. So 
having that time to do that was really exciting, you know, because I don't think we would ever have thought of it like that, you yeah. know, and so you go, oh, we're not going to have shows and all this, but when we spent a long time making this record, it's allowed us to kind of do the final pieces without rushing it, which has been exciting. Yeah, well, it's, it's awesome to see how excited you are at this stage you know, for this album to come out and everything. But as you mentioned, like kind of from a fan's perspective and someone who's followed you guys for years now, I mean, with every Yumi at Six record, there always seems to be a push or you've challenged yourselves musically on every record wanting to do something different there always there's always a surprise when making records now how much has that process changed for you guys and how different would you say you've grown as songwriters compared to the early days yeah like it's for me it's always exciting because we've got to push ourselves you know i feel i feel bad it's like art is going to live there forever and I feel like every time you make a record, you should be pushing yourself because you're, you're, you're kind of using your mind a bit more. And it actually is really a positive impact from when you push so hard to get to a new sound or try something different. Like the reward is so much bigger than just going, Oh yeah. Four chords. There we go. Yeah. Four, because it's great. That works, you know, but how do you sometimes, well, how do you make these four chords more interesting throughout the whole entire song? like the foundations of music is starting with just chords. So I'd say, take an example of beautiful way. It is four chords throughout the whole entire song. Nothing changes, but it's actually how the four chords have been played throughout the song that changes. And I think what's exciting for us. And I think we started to do it over the last few records we've made is starting from night people into six that there is change. There's always involvement making music and, I sit here and go, well, we've done that. And six, we kind of did it, but we kind of faffed about. We kind of, we did it 25 to 30% jumping in it, being like, oh, we're being risky. But actually, we were just playing it safe, where if we would have taken maybe more risk on that record, you know, maybe we would have learned a bit more. So, but if it wasn't for that record, maybe we wouldn't have taken the risks on this one. You know, like taking him for me, like when I say about Beautiful Way, it's influenced by Pendulum and the Prodigy. Same as like Make Me Feel Alive has kind of got that Prodigy-esque Marilyn Manson fucking angry tone to it. And, you know, there's lots of influences across this record. Like the first song, Nice To Me, is a, a fucking hybrid of like Radiohead glitchy drums from Kid A to Foles and Incubus, like around Crow Left of the Murder kind of area. So... And then there's songs like, you know, What You're Doing Right Now, that's like an R&B, pop, J. Cole, Justin Bieber kind of, <laughs> like, kind of mashup yeah. with a band playing samples. So I think for us, it's not being afraid to do it and not sitting there and going, oh, we've got to stay in our lane. You Because like, everybody keeps saying, oh, you stay in your lane and all this. And it just is so boring to hear that. It's actually, when somebody says to you, don't do it, you're going to do it. Because it's just like, don't don't touch that button is what you what does it make you think you're gonna fucking touch that button aren't you so but it's the enjoyment of now having like a 15 year career where learned a lot about music and spending more time behind a computer producing is learning how to take risks and how to execute it a little bit more and the fun and enjoyment out of that when you play something to the rest of the lads and you can see it's different but every guy's, oh, that's that's different. That's really fucking cool. And it's just it's just genre mashing at the end of the yeah. day. It's like, we're never going to forget who we are as a band because we have five individuals who pick up their instruments and play. You can't take that away from us. That is a band. But what we can do is 
bring in breakbeats. We can bring in synths. We can bring different sounds and different influences. Like I said, from electronic, dance, hip-hop, trap, R&B, like drum and bass, whatever it is, like that has affected me in my life. And I can remember growing up with my friends who went to Fabric on Friday nights, the first and the last of every month, getting off their heads, going dancing to drum and bass music and taking that in and looking at, like even stuff like Kevin and Perry go large, nineties <laughs> dance music. Listen, listen to Sucker Punch, the title track. It's like it's all just kind of like things that have stuck with us for our yeah. lives and inspired us that we're just going. Well, this is who we are. Let's bring that in. That fuck, we love that. Let's bring that in. We love that. And when you do bring all those influences and then you pass behind our instruments, it's still Yumi at six. And uh, and I think that's what makes it exciting because it's territories we haven't gone to before. And that's what I think that's the, the whole exciting thing about this record was making songs that were out of our comfort zones that we sat down with. We're still talking about this song. So that's a good thing because it's exciting. It's made us really kind of challenge our mindset of not throwing just a song away because it's not a Yumi at six song. Well, yeah. it's us five still playing. It's just Yumi at six. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's funny. You should mention that um, about Sucker Punch. I was listening again to it earlier. And I got like a faceless vibe where you're talking about Kevin and Perry and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And instantly, like it came on, I was like, oh, it's got a faceless vibe. Here we go. And yeah, so did that come about like from writing at home or did that come about from having like the Thailand influence? Because for people who don't know, you recorded the album in Thailand. Um, yeah, we, we did record it in Thailand, <laughs> which was fucking men. I'm not going to lie about it. Take me back, take me back there right now. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Let me well, relive that again. Well, yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, there's got to be some stories from recording in Thailand for sure. Well, uh, let me touch on Sean's question first of all, like yeah. about Punching, because I will yeah. ramble, I will ramble on about Thailand. I'm sure anybody would from our band, but like you know, for us, instance, like it's taking yourself out of your comfort zones. And over the last few years, I've kind of evolved and wanted to move into a little bit more of a songwriter's world. And it's really great that you know, after 15 years, that we have trust and faith in our band that we can sit and jam in a room and make songs. It's two of us, or all five of us. But then it's also allowing yourself to go and work with other people, which I've found has been great for my mind to expand songwriting knowledge. And Sucker Punch came from a songwriting session that Josh and myself did. And, you know, it was a special Franceschi riff. You know, he's had this riff for ages and he was talking about it. I was like, well, let's, let's get on with it. Then. Like, he wants to do it. Let's fucking do it. If you're into that zone. I started working it out. And I think it was actually the night before we went into this session, I'd written the initial bones of Nice to Me. So I had the intro, the verse, and the chorus riff. And I'm, I'm sitting there being like this 130 kind of groove, like the head pop. It's kind of trappy, but it's kind of electronic as well at the same time. But it's still rock as well. So we kind of went in with that mindset and wanted to kind of make something like I'd be for like Darude Sandstorm and like Zombie Nation and like you said, Faithless, all that. Like kind of reminiscent about that time and, and what we listened to. So it kind of made the sound of it there and, you know, as some songwriting sessions go really good and you kind of finish it all off and some kind of just get to a halt and you're, it's kind of done, you know, and we had the idea for the, the riff, the verse. And in the session, I came up with the chorus chords, but we never finished it. So before we went to Thailand, we we're playing the songs through with Dan Austin and Josh and myself were like, we should probably play that demo that we did like a couple of weeks ago because it's like, this is like listening to the songs before you go to Thailand. And then we played it to the guys and everybody's fucking shat themselves. They're like, why have you not played this fucking song, <laughs> first and foremost? Because it's fucking mint. And um, 
and I think it's just like when you have a writing session, you kind of sometimes walk away with, oh, that was a bit shit or, oh, that was really good or mm, I'm not sure what to think about that. So by playing it and allowing the rest of the guys to make a decision, it just reinforced, oh, it's a really good idea. We should work on it. And, and I think that's half the beauty with this record was there were some songs that were really had their identities and were kind of formed and they were there ready to record. But there were songs like Sucker Punch and Nice to Me, What You're Doing Right Now, um, Voice Notes that was still room to grow in a studio area, you know, and not being like, hey, here's the song, we're recording our parts and we're done and we're moving on to the next one. It was like, well, we don't know what, we know this is cool, but it might need some work. So let's go to Thailand and be in one of the best places in the world to make a record. That like, It was just, you know, us five and Dan Austin. It was like a five-star resort for bands to make records. Oof. That was you had your studio there, you had a pool there, you had amazing bedrooms with ensuite bathrooms. You didn't have to lift your finger to cook food or wash your clothes. All you had to do was wake up, focus about making the best record you could do, eat, sleep, repeat for five, <laughs> six weeks. So, you know, like I couldn't complain. Like it was, I could only talk highly about Karma Studios and Chris Craker and Rich, who was the guy that, you know, got us in there, to be honest with you, his son. So, yeah, it was. We just allowed room to grow in Thailand, mm. which was fantastic. Well, dude, I was gonna say, literally, I've seen so many photos and videos lately of you guys from Thailand. It just seems like you all went to paradise to make a record instead. I, I think, yeah, it was. You know, when it came to deciding to where we were making this record, a, a few of us were going through some pretty heavy shit in our lives behind okay. closed doors. You know, and I think that kind of swayed the decision of what was going to happen. Like. I remember Dan and myself were doing a writing session with our friend James and his mate Rich and Rich's dad was the guy who owned Karma and he was like, well, why don't you go and make a record at Karma in Thailand? It'll be amazing. And we're like, yeah, it'd be great and started doing budgets and all that as oh, you can't afford it. So you can go, to, you can go to, I think it was Mono Valley was one of the options we were going to do. Okay. Oh, got then, a, then, <laughs> oh, wait a wait a second. I, I don't know. I, I, you <laughs> How lucky are you? Oh, the options are we could go to Mono Valley in Wales, where it's going to be pissing down and shit, or we could go to Thailand. Okay, there was one option in Belgium as well, where I think Kids in Glass Houses made a record. ICP, was it? Blood of uh, the- yeah, I think it was okay. that one in Brussels. Yeah. And then, you know, Matt just kind of sat there and just saw the, the state that some of us were in. He was like, I'm not fucking having this. Like, we're going to Thailand and we're going to make it work. So... Dan and Dan and Matt just got into it and started working out numbers and getting into it and going back on a bit of a haggle and Chris, you know, from karma and bless him, you know, he made it work for us. He gave us a budget that we could afford and could go and make a record there. And then once that was done, it was like, right, science still delivered. Let's get to Thailand, you know, which was the escape. I think the escape that we needed from not being somewhere that, you know, if we were at Mono Valley, we could drive home on the weekend and see our friends and see our families and go and get pissed or, you know, Belgium, you know, yeah, oh, it's a Euro star back home if you wanted to go home, you know, but and obviously weather dependent as well. It would have been, fuck. I think it was just when we left, it was like storm fucking barber or something <laughs> stupid like that and torrential downpour in the UK and then snowed across Europe and we went to Thailand and it was, yeah, it was rainy season, but it would rain like 20 minutes a day. And then it was like 28 to 35 degrees for the whole time we were there. So 
instantly like we're in this environment that like you get off the plane you feel the heat you're like amazing we don't know what we're getting into going to the studio arrive at the studio and you know i remember when we've made records dan said when we did cavalier youth and we went to the massive house and like on the like hollywood hills he's like this is gonna be the best ever experience we'll ever do no doubt about it and we get to the front door of karma and dan turns around and says oh i think we've got a contender here now and he, he was right. You know, I think the minute we got there and started setting up and the first song we recorded was Adrenaline. And I think once we started getting into the bones of that on day two, we're like, we're in a good place. We are, we're going to have an amazing time here. Let's just embrace it. That's the whole reason why we've gone to Thailand to escape all the noise, to be as a five, a five, six man fucking unit, having the best time making a record, which, you know, I look back on now after everything from the last year and I'm, I'm sitting going, how lucky we were to do that before all this happens, you know, to go somewhere as magic like that, like Thailand and Karma Studios to make a record for five, six weeks, you know, that would be a thing I always hold in my life. You yeah. know, it, it was a special moment, I think, not just for myself, but as the band as well, after everything that we've gone through. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was just about to say, is that I can literally see and hear in you how happy and how excited you are by all this whereas a lot of bands in your position now would just be like you know just running on running on the same old shit like you know oh here we go we got pressed to do it'll be the same thing again i like the songs i like dust or heavier songs or heavier or whatever but i can literally see like a fucking like a revigored energy in you you seem like you're just fucking yeah. excited for it and that's yeah it comes across beautifully and i'm and and it's getting me excited so yeah i can't i, <laughs> well, I, I can't wait for this think, record i think you guys probably know how it is that you you started this podcast because you fucking love what you do hmm. and actually you've had to change your format with what's gone on but yeah it makes you think how lucky we are to do what we do and i i miss being in studios all the time with the lads writing music you know i'm sitting here at my own home studio being like this is what i'm gonna have to do for a little bit so it does make you kind of count your blessings and go, you know, we've, we've worked hard to get where we are, but I've got a new, I've also got a new, not new passion, but a new fucking found love for actually what I do. And I won't take it for granted anymore. Nice. And that's why I sit here looking back at Thailand going, that was an experience, you know, and fast forward a year later, did I think we'd be here? No way, you know? So I, I'm just going, well, I'm glad that we put everything in the heart and soul we did into this record because I think we acted like this was going to be our last record. You know, there were there were times that I sat here was like, you know what, like this could be it. This could be the last Yumi at Six record, you know. And if it's going to be that, then you've got to make it the fucking best one you can do. Yes. You know, make sure there's a reason why you you are a band after 15 years. You know, there's. Look, we're a Marmite band. People fucking love us or they hate us, you know? And that's good because you, I think Josh said it as well. You've got, you want to have haters. You don't want everybody loving and yeah. adoring you. You want to have some people that hate you. But, you know, I think it just kind of reinvigorated and gave the fire in the belly to some of us that we need to make a fucking amazing record here, you know? Actually, I'm not, dis, I'm not writing or slaying off the last couple of records that we've made as a band with Six and Night People because I think they're good records, you know? And I think we needed to make those records to get where we are now today. The same as our back catalogue. You can say from Take Off Your Colours all the way up. We needed to make those records in time and be in our lives to get where we are now. And looking back at the formula and what we've done in Yumi at Six, there's never been a fucking formula. It's never <laughs> been a formula. It's just been like, go do what you love doing and write great songs. And if it makes people fucking bounce and go, that's a good song, you've got something good. 
and I think we were lucky enough that I think you know what's it like was the first song that was the benchmark for this record, and Dan and Matt and Chris made it, and you know I think that set the tone when you write a song like that going from a record like six that's like alternative pop indie lenient into a song that is a trap song with a band. It was as heavy as fucking balls. You see and go, it's so different from the last record, but yes, that is set the tone. Let's go as hard as that. And it allowed us for, I think, eight, nine months ago, make music that there was no hold on it. It was just go have fun. Just go and don't question what you're doing. Enjoy what you do. And I think if it wasn't for that song, would there be songs on this record that are the way they are? Probably not. You know, would a song like Make Me Feel Alive be there if it wasn't for something like What's It Like? Probably not. I do sit there and go, that was the foundation song. And I think that's why we released it before Gunnersville and Reading and Leaf, because we're like, this is the new era. This is what we've walked into now. And it's like, let's not be afraid doing this. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, as you've mentioned already, Unisex have now reached a point where you've been 15 years as a band. You've done so many incredible things in that time. When... Obviously, lockdown has, has been able to let a lot of people reflect on certain things, as you've already mentioned. But is it weird just to hear that, that you've been doing it for so long now and think back to some incredible, like, just stuff that's happened in that time? Yeah, well, like, even just sitting here talking to you guys, you know what I mean? Like, I've, we, I've, done, I've done many interviews with you, Morgan, over the years <laughs> yeah. in Cardiff, and I've been on fucking tour with Sean back in the day, and I think about all those great times that we've had, and it's like, yeah, like... It is weird thinking about it, you know, like how long of a career it is. But, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful, but I'm hungry. I'm still hungry. I've had a slice of the pie. It's not big enough yet. I want that, <laughs> I want that, Matilda, I want that Matilda cake, man. I want all of it. Like, I want that chocolate. I want to shove it in my mouth and eat it, you know. So I'm sitting going, I'm really proud of what we've done as a band, but there's still a lot more in it. Never write off it is, you know, never write off anything like to sit here and think 15 years later, if I would have told my 15 year old self I'd still be doing this. No, not at all, but we're here and embrace it. So I'm not going to sit here and let it pass me by and just kind of go, Oh yeah, um, we're really fucking good. laid back fucking. Yeah. yeah lovely, yeah, yeah. jubbly smoke and drink my way. For, like, no, like people who were successful in this industry are the ones that work and graft hard. They're the late night, they're the night hours. They're the people that barely sleep. They're the ones that just constantly going it, you know? So, Actually, if anything, I'm sitting here in lockdown going, right, well, it's just me now. So I've got, like, and I'm, I'm sure the other guys are doing the same as well. You know, whatever, whatever makes people happy. And I think music is my utopia. So I just want to keep driving, man, like, and make great fucking music. And it's for you, me at six or other artists as well. Because even the start of last year, I started to write songs of other artists. And I think that was exciting for me to be like, cool, go write a song, you know, of an artist called VC Pines. Like, who's like, a little bit more soul, R&B, like really like stuff I would listen to and to have those opportunities and writing. And I think that's where co-writing's come in a great point in my life. It's given me a new hunger. It's not just the band stuff. It's like, actually like there is a bigger world in music out there that if you want it, you just got to go and get it. You know, and don't sit there moaning about other people doing it. You just got to find a way of getting in there. Yeah. Well, how has writing for other people been for you? I mean, is that, is that just been the beginning of that process now or has it been something you've been looking to do for quite some while and just work with other artists and get other ideas out there? Yeah, just, you know, as a musician, it's like, I just, I just want to make great music. 
I want to, I want to create with great people. Like, you know, like I said about writing sessions, sometimes they're really good and sometimes they're not that good, but that's just part of the game at the end of the day. It's not like any hard feeling towards anybody else or you've had a bad session. It hasn't worked out. doesn't mean they're a bad person. Just, just the magic wasn't there that day. So it's like every day you pick up and get going again, but it's definitely something I wanted to do for a long time. And, you know, I'm, I've got a lot of mates who do write music and produce music and do co-write, you know. So it's just, it's keeping my brain active. And actually, when I go and do that, it makes me walk back when I'm writing you, me and six material going, I fucking love what I do. And I'm so grateful to do that. So I'm, I'm allowed other releases by writing maybe other genres that I couldn't do in Yumi at six, you know what I'm saying? Genre binding and genre yeah, matching. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're a lot, you know, if you listen to the VC Pies song cracks, I don't think Yumi at six would have released that song. So, you know, but it's having those experiences and gaining knowledge from, you know, somebody who's become a mate with Jack, you know, to do that and working with a band called the horror and writing a couple of songs with those guys that are a bit more rock. So brings my influence of what I do with Yumi at six and I can pass on my knowledge to up and coming artists. And, that's where, like, that's where I feel due diligence. It's like, I've been so lucky to do it for 15 years. Why can't I pass on my knowledge to other people that are starting up in the game as well? And not to be like, it's all about me. Well, it's not just all about me. It's actually all about the new talent coming through. And if you don't recognize that, they could be the next big band. I think Timberland always, I think that's why Timberland's had a 15, 25, 30-year career in music. Because he's not just writing fucking hits for Nelly Furtado and Jay-Z. He's also working with all the young, fresh people coming through the ranks. And I know musically that's different from this podcast but look at people like somebody like a mark coppers he's always working with different, travis travis barker is a key example you know of what it is to give back to young talent working with fresh new artists or people that have been working their way up the ranks because he's fucking great and he's going well i'm going to pass my 25 30 year knowledge down to machine gun kelly and to young blood and to halsey and to this person look at the look at the look at spotify you see Travis Barker everywhere at the oh, moment. He's he's literally on everyone. He's I'm drumming for everyone. For <laughs> <laughs> give the drummers a chance. <laughs> give the give the drummers some. You know what I mean? Like he says, um, but he's a beast and he works hard. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And and it's the, it's the same as like you you know even if you're a writer, look at producers. Look at somebody like John Feldman. John Feldman's success of what he's done is yeah he played in Goldfinger. I was I was watching that amazing documentary in the Tony Hawk's game on Sky the other day about the, the development of how that video game changed the life of artists like Primus and Goldfinger and Bad Religion because it was exposed to a new world. And you fast forward, you know, yeah, Superman was a great song by Goldfinger, but look what John Felbin's doing now, working with the Hana, he's working with Machine Gun Kelly, he's working with the Feet, he's working with everybody because the man loves music. So he's just hustling, doing what he loves. And I respect that, man. And that's, I think, a mentality I'd like to take on board. Nice. Ooh, nice. Well, um, yeah, I wanted to know how many, um, before going to Thailand, how many songs for this record did you have or like ideas? And then how many did you write there? There was, there was a fair few ideas. Like, not like, I'm not sitting going, the vault here. We have 150 <laughs> songs in the vault. Come on in. Which ones do you want from the vinyl? Um, uh, uh. I think... I think we sat there and I think there was about, you know, 25 to 30 ideas that we whittled down to about 16. So we cut 10 out and there was definite songs that we were going to do, you know, like fully fledged songs were, you know, make me feel alive, beautiful way. Um, finish what I started was pretty much there, but it was chopped and changed a little bit. Kill the mood was another one. 
But then, you know, the rest of it was like, here's like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Here's the general bones of it. So we went in with that many songs to time, about 15, 16. And there were two songs that are written there, which, which the first one, which we released for the Australian bushfires, which was Our House, because it didn't really fit with the rest of the record, but we knew it was a good song. We didn't want to waste it. So we, we put it to good use of giving back to a charity for you know the Australian bushfires. And the other song that was written there was What You're Doing Right Now, track four of the record, which we keep saying, is it Woodrun? You know, is it an acronym? You know, so, uh, so those are the two songs that are written there. Going into, like when we're talking about the first day of recording, we were doing Adrenaline, you have a verse, chorus, first chorus idea, but there was no middle section. So we, you know, all right, let's get in the room, let's jam out. You know, there was an idea that we wanted to kind of take it a little bit more instrumental, give it a little bit of a, not a throwback to Yumi at six, because, you know, I think there is quintessential parts of this song that are quite Yumi at six-esque. They've taken on some other sides of fit, uh, other sides of genres and embraced in, but we used to do like big middle eights, you know, like interludes and like go quite wild. And we're like, well, let's embody that and just make it really like an explosion. Like the the song's called Adrenaline. Let's give it some fucking adrenaline, <laughs> yeah. now, lads. Um, so you know, we we sat there, we like we jammed out for forty five and forty five minutes to an hour, and then we had that middle eight section, you know, that bridge between second chorus to the last chorus. So. It wasn't just like we weren't sitting there trolling, being like, oh, we can't do it. You know, I think the atmosphere of being in Thailand, how excited we were, allowed us to just kind of creatively be free and not sit there and go, oh, we have to overthink this now. It's just like, it just came naturally. It's like, all right, we're here on this moment. And there was conversation because that bit gets a little bit, it, like, it gets a little bit more brain thinking where you're hitting on certain notes and you've all got to be synchronized up. But that was the fun, you know, creating you know, what was a great foundation, you know, of a song with adrenaline, we just took it from 75% and took it to a hundred, you know, so doing the final bits and we would never really take too long. There was, there were certain songs that we did kind of go back and forth, chipping away at, you know, a song like Sucker Punch, like I was saying to you, it had the verse, the intro and like the kind of starting of the riff bit when it kicks off after the verse but I had the chords for the chorus and we had to figure out how to do that, you know? So that was, again, another hour, you know, in the studio jamming out, being like, oh, I've got these chord ideas, let's, let's do this and explain it through. And there's got to be a leader when everybody's all trying to throw their ideas at once, it gets a bit lost, it gets a bit confusing. So there's got to be like one or two people that are kind of vocal spokespeople when they're like, right, this is, this is how I envision it, guys. That's, you know, it's a D minor, you know, D minor, F, fucking C, A minor, whatever, you know, like, that's not the core progression, by the way. It's quite, it's quite <laughs> um, but you're sitting, you're, you're, all, you're kind of orchestrating, you're kind of composing, you know, to everybody. So you're doing that and you kind of go, right, we've got the core bolts fit now. So Dan then starts laying down the drums, Matt gets on the bass, we got the guitars. Oh, this is good, you know, or what about if we do this? And then it starts changing, you know, you sit there and go, right, we've got something now. And you listen to it and you're like really excited and you're like, yeah, amazing, it works well. You walk back in the next day and go, uh, it's not doing the same job as it did for me last night, so we need to work on this. And that song, you know, was, uh, it took, you know, a few weeks from recording. I think it was like the fourth or fifth song that we recorded in Thailand. And it did take some time to get to where it was because it was a little bit, you know, a new territory for us making a song like this. So, you know, listening to the, the bridge middle eight section is very, like, tall. You know, it's got it's got these intricacies and these quirky sounds and 
bass runs and licks that Matt's never kind of done before and fucking about with synths and trance gates and all this like new technology. I'm like, whoa, this is like kind of daunting, but fun. So you know, it, it did take some time, you know, but stuff always, if you chip away, it's going to work out. So and I think having five, six weeks where I think we were recording a song every two to three days, we were getting through a song. So, you know, it did allow you, right, we've recorded one song two, three days later, you start another song. But it also allowed you time to kind of get fresh ears on, all right, we're working on something new and you can go back to something else and chip away at that song, right? We'll start something new. Oh, right, we finished that one, now, but we can chip away at that song. And then, you know, by, your, by the fifth weekend, we had most of the work done. And when you get to an end of a recording period, you normally burn out. You know, everybody's like, oh, shit, we've got no more ideas, man. Like, we're fried. Nice to me came out of nowhere. You know, I, 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 I'm normally quite a vocal person. I'm, <laughs> I've got a nickname called Taskmaster in the band because I'm, I'm quite regimented. I, I like to fucking go, let's go, let's do this, let's go. Like, so I'm, I'm 100% all the time, man. I, can, I understand it can get a bit wearing on people. So, um, you know, I just sat there for a while knowing this is a great song and – wanted to record it but didn't force the agenda on people that was the song that had no vocals you know it, it was just an instrumental verse and verse and chorus and an intro and i think that when it kind of started coming to life and i was like right guys we need to go kind of we need to go big on this bridge section as well like crescendo it up like let's go massive like a, a bit of a fucking rinse you know and drop it out let's go like incubus on this shit you know let's go really crow left of the murder area and I think once you start explaining those ideas and we get into that mindset, it's like, right, the format's coming now. Now we can visualize this. And then when the song was getting vocals done, it started happening. Josh was writing some great melodies to it. I think it just gave us fire in the belly for that last week to go, right, let's fucking go hard because nobody saw that song coming. Nobody saw it coming. It's like, we thought we, thought we recorded all our best songs already. I and mean, it's just like, right, we're just doing like the fucking, the, the extra songs now. The, there could be the B-sides here and all that. We don't know what these are going to be. And I think the minute that song was done, it was like, shit, that gave us so much energy for the last week to go in and just smash it out even more and execute all the songs. We had final works to do on songs. Right, we're going back and doing that. We're doing this because it was just like, it's the final it's the final push man and i think that's when some of the most exciting things happen when you don't see it coming i'm really proud of, i'm really proud of that song and i think you know it was something that i sit here and go might be one of the better things that i've created in my career and has been enhanced massively by the other four guys as well which i'm forever proud of yeah well li yeah listening back to all uh, the four songs so far um yeah i genuinely believe that you're all at the peak so far of your writing and performing abilities like everybody mm. on the record sounds fantastic josh mm. i don't think josh has ever sound better to be honest i think his vocals are stronger than ever yeah um, massively i think that's what we're all saying about josh as well like his lyrics man like he's really brought it on this record and he's upped his game and he's the leader he's the he's the person that every like you're not going to sit there and sing a fucking guitar if are you unless it's a romper like <laughs> white stripe seven nation army but the vocals are so important and you know all we've been saying is like he stepped his game up massively and i think there's a lot of material in this record that people haven't heard yet that i think some of the best fucking material you know like i gone about nice to me but I, we haven't even talked about glasgow you know you sit there and think fuck me you meet six fans and they hear Glasgow, 
they might need to go and get a spare pair of boxers or knickers, <laughs> whatever they have. Because it's good. It's not, it is one of those songs. It's an, it's an emotional journey, but it's, I don't think our band, we have done stuff like that, like in terms of like fireworks and crash, but it didn't have the takeoff. It, it, it didn't get to that bit where you're like, fuck off we go now. Like, so yeah, I, I just, I think there's a lot of material here that people still will be excited that we've not just given all the best material away before the record. Some yeah, of my nice. favorite stuff is still, I think some of my favorite stuff is still on the record that people haven't heard yet, or they might be hearing for the first time today. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, if you're listening right now, after this, obviously you've got to go straight now and uh, listen to every song Max has mentioned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, tell us about some of the, the craziness that happened in Thailand. There's got to be something, uh, <sighs> something mad that doesn't get you all arrested. Um, <laughs> prior to the fact um, the madness that happened in the studio well we got everybody was drinking a fair few beers you know they were just we didn't realise like there was just beers in the fridge and we're like oh they've got cold beers fantastic we'll have a cold beer and I was, I was being quite conscious to be honest with you. I was trying to cut down my drinking to be, to be quite frank there'll be some days I'd have a few extra drinks but I think that this fridge just was like Every day there was just more and more beers coming and we're just drinking more and more. And, you know, yeah, I think we've, we went through quite a lot of alcohol. Uh, we found we, our friend, Mr. we had a good friend there who was working for us that brought us some of the finest. That's not meant to be happening in Thailand, but, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. That kind of you could, have had your hand, you could have had your hands chopped off. Yeah, but luckily we're in sanctuary that, that we didn't really leave the premise, to be oh, honest okay. with you. Like, fair enough, fair enough. There, were, there, yeah. wasn't like, there, there was like, you know, the most wild thing I could probably say the experience was like we, one night we went out to Pattaya, which is the sex capital of the world. Oh, right. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Right. Yeah. Honestly, honestly it, it makes Amsterdam look like a fucking Mickey Mouse movie. Oh, really? Some of the stuff, some of the stuff I was seeing there was like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, honestly, like, it's really graphic, but, like, people with their legs up on a bar, you know, like, what you expect, you know? Ping yes. pong balls are flying <laughs> oh. everywhere. There we are, yeah. There, yeah. There, there, there were secret hand shandies in the corner. I think we, we, we were quite <laughs> disgusting. We were like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> like, we, we, like, we just wanted to have a few, like, red balls and Jaegers, and bear in mind, their red bull is, like, absolutely like next level would send you on another planet Shit. so we're sitting going like crazy and then all of a sudden like stuff like we're, like we're like oh my god this is disgusting like we've got to get out of here like this is that we only had i only really had one night out you know that was like that because the rest of the time was was more about being at the studio okay. because we went to Thailand for that yeah. reason to, yeah, of course. you know, we, I, I have one night out, you know, we, we did do a boat day and we went around a few islands, which was amazing swimming in the sea there. But like, it was more about just being at the studio just listening to music, having fun. We were doing, we we're doing volleyball tournaments, you know, in the evening after a few beers, you know, being like, Right, we'll get like a crate next to the pool and everybody just be getting pissed, slapping the ball in. I basically ruined my shot. I ripped like tendons in my shoulder. I had to get and get special like, Ooh. you know, the special football spray. Oh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, You're magically back in the game. Yeah. You're like, yeah, cool. I've got this magic tie spray. I'm back <laughs> in the game. And I do it. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, bollocks. I've fucked my shoulder again. So I just, I had to watch. And I had to, the last week I was a bit gutted because I was missing out on the volleyball in the pool. 
But, you know, we're just doing stuff like that, just generally just having fun, like fucking about in the studio. That was the fun, you know? Mm -hmm. There wasn't like yeah. the crazy stories of being, oh, we went out to this bar and we partied with this person. We didn't party with anybody. We partied us five, six, and we had fun making a record and living and breathing something for five, six weeks. So there were a couple of moments, like I said, the night on Bataille, which was honestly i will never be able to unsee what i saw that night like we saw that we saw the thailand version metallica do fucking stand-up karaoke which is crackingly <laughs> hilarious in my opinion <laughs> but other people don't like metallica in my band so i'm sitting there going well, this is fucking jokes i'm into this and everybody's like no this is bollocks this is shit <laughs> so um yeah, well, yeah. Was, you know yeah. that's the that's as probably as mad as it gets a little bit okay. a little bit of the thai stick and drinking some crazy fucking red bull jaegers and Bataya. If you're ever in Thailand and you want to see something that's fucked up, go to Bataya. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> right. oh, 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 actually, yeah, the, the first night, I didn't, I didn't realize it, but like, because obviously we're, we went out for a couple of drinks. Oh, it's the first time we got some beers. We go to a couple of local bars or, you know, 10, 15 minute took took right away. And we're walking down the street and we're getting like, we're getting yelped at. We can like, oh, guy, oh. <laughs> and it's like, and obviously we didn't realize it because we're white guys and all these Thai girls are like so excited. They're like, oh my God, white guys. And they were penning us off. They were like running in the middle of the street, connecting arms, not letting us go past. And it was just like, it was such like, oh my God, this is, I understand what girls go through now. To be honest with you. Like, <laughs> man, way, man, but I sit there and go, Fucking hell, I can't imagine what it's like for girls in the UK when they get guys, all right, girl, how's it going, girl? Yeah, yeah, you're right, girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it go, I know what it's like now. Yeah. Get, oh, guy, oh, English guy, yeah. And it's just like, oh, I feel the pain now. I feel the pain. It, it was entertaining. It was entertaining. But, you know, I understand yeah. the frustrations. I love the idea of you covering yourself up going, I'm just not a piece of meat. Stop looking at you. <laughs> Girls, please. They're like, oh my god, it's 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 some young thirty to forty year old looking guys. It's not seventy to eighty year old leather skins anywhere now. Yeah, so yeah, I think they were just yeah. excited. Yeah. Fresher, fresher meat. I can't believe we've got you. This is fantastic. They did. Uh, they did pen us in. No, yeah. but I want. I wanted to go back to the 15th anniversary and talk a little bit more about the early days because obviously, like you yeah. all were so young at that time, everything took off instantly and just you so busy. I mean, was there any moments in particular that got you thinking, like they couldn't believe to think, oh my god, like this is it, that like, we're a kind of a real band now, we're a professional band now. Yeah, I think, especially when we're doing the when we did the Take Off Your Colors stuff, it was, I didn't realize actually how important that record was to a lot of people. Mm. Yeah. You know, I sit here and just go, I'm just a 15 year old kid writing some fucking shit guitar parts in my bedroom that turn into songs, like just mimicking artists that we loved back in the day, but you know, realize, and even like now what we've done, like we've done what a special anniversary show for Hold Me Down with Banquet because of what's going on, you know, and we didn't get to celebrate it last year. So we wanted to support a local record store. And um, it's just, it's actually just not ignoring what you've done before. And I think we could have easily just been like, no, we're not going to look backwards. You know, we're not going to acknowledge that where I'm glad we did because it gave us perspective and how far we've come as songwriters as musicians but also like i reflected on the amount of times that that record and what it brought me to you know going on tour with you know meeting people like yourselves and making friends of artists that i loved and going on tour with them and 
you know, and thinking, well, and then seeing that actually this record was so important for, you know, a scene, a, a scene in the country that, you know, I don't think there was, uh, I'm sad to say, I don't know if there is anymore really a scene like there was, you know, and maybe that's because I'm a little bit more out of touch and I'm not looking for it as much maybe, but how important this record was to a lot of people growing up. And I think that was so special to see people that maybe had dropped off the face of earth. Oh, well, I don't like you meet six anymore. They're not heavy. They're shit now. Fucking rubbish band. Where oh, that's life. People's tastes yeah. change as you get older. My, my tastes change as I got older. And I don't hate on people because of that, you know, but to see people kind of come back to the shows and be like, it reminded me of a time when I was growing up. It reminds me of being 15, 16 or 18, going to clubs and hearing these songs, you know, say it for the bedroom and gossip and all that. And, you know, just playing those songs again was just, it was a trip down memory lane. And I, I think that was an exciting thing to kind of go through when you have a bit more perspective, uh, perspective on life and you've got a bit more understanding of the world. We've, we've traveled, we've seen a lot more. And actually like, Maybe they're not the world's greatest songs in our eyes, but they're great songs to somebody else. And they've built memories and a lot of foundations with people to even make friendships from our band, you know? Just so seeing that special connection is, I don't think you can take that away. And I think that's half the reason, like even doing a Hold Me Down show is like paying respect to what we've done before. You know, is that is that a bad thing doing like, oh, we're doing an anniversary show for that? Because people be like, oh, they're off the they're off the ladder now, they're just they're just going in dated territory where for me it's just like, no, it's a fucking celebration. We've made it this far, you know, and and there's a lot of people that wanna hear these songs that maybe they would never get to hear. If you go to a You Me at Six show now, will you hear like apart from like when we did Gunnersville, like, yeah. you know, yeah. when was the last time we played the consequence, Sean? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> You know, but like for real though, it's like sometimes you kind of you don't play the songs. Oh, oh, yeah, I want to hear "Take Your Breath Away." You've never played that song in our lives, <laughs> never. So it's funny, and it's the same as the "Take uh, Take Off Your Colors" stuff. There were songs that we'd never played in our band's career, so actually, it's quite fun going back and playing something that you've never played before ten years down the line. And I think for fans as well they'd be like oh I've seen that song live now so for some people it's like bucket list shit oh I've seen them do that song I've seen like they've got that tick list and they've gone setlist.com and they're like well I've seen that one now I've seen that one I've seen that one so oh, yeah. I just think it's fun it's yeah. fun isn't it man that's what this that's why we started doing this because it's fun you didn't start to make money and be rich and famous you started because you love doing what, something you do and if it brings joy to people especially after the last year fuck yeah hmm it's, it's funny you say that, though, because the amount of people I was seeing on Twitter um, making comments about that, you're, you're actually going to be playing gossip live and, and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, they're just so excited. I think those records, though, as you said, they just connected with some people when they were growing up in their early teens and like, kind of shaped their music interests and everything they're into now. Yeah, 100%. Well, that, and that's why we did it, because we were inspired by Jimmy Worlds, Paramours, Fallout Boys, Incubuses, you know, from Nirvana's and whatever, sub, like whatever you listen to, you're always going to have a sub impact of that. That record might have been a record that led people to listen to bands and rock music or heavier music, you know, like if it's a stepping stone, great, man. Like that's all that matters because it's like being part of a cult. I remember when I grew up and was growing up and 
I was lucky. I, I surrounded myself with people that listened to stuff like Fall Out Boy and Power or Jimmy Eat World, Incubus and the rockiest stuff and more emo pop punk stuff. But then my mates in school were like indie heads. So I was listening to stuff like Block Party, The Claxons, The Libertines, Muse. So I was lucky I had a, ma- a massive di- like spectrum of, I wasn't just one field. I was anything that was band related, mm. you know, anything that had a guitar, a bass, a vocalist and a drum kit, I liked. And then I had a little bit of other stuff like Dizzy Rascal and my, and my sister blasting out Justin Timberlake and the Neptunes and NERD nice. from her room. I'm like, <laughs> I had so much music revolve around me that I look at myself and go, oh, that makes sense now. That's why I like NERD songs. And that's why I like Justin Timberlake. But that's why I also like fucking Nirvana and Metallica and Iron Maiden and Jimmy. Like, I've got such a vast variation of music that I love that, you know, Hopefully it's helped, you know, from us making a record called Take Off the Colors, it's led other people to go down the music rabbit hole of finding things and being excited, listening to records. I think that's, I think there's something that's being taken away and not in a bad way because it's the Spotify and Apple play. This world is amazing. You've got, you've got music there in your face, so easy to access. But people put on playlists now, which is great because you find some good stuff. But I love the art of the format of an album still. You can't take that away from me, man. Like, there's nothing better that I love to do than put a record on. Even if it's a vinyl, putting a vinyl on, being like, you are listening to one record. You're not, you're not skipping through, oh, I want to do different, different artists. It's, it's training your ear to be like, right, I'm listening to this. And that's actually how you, under, I think, help understand music, but also understand if you like artists, because I didn't like Radiohead. And it took me long time, a long time to get into Radiohead. But I listened to it in rainbows when I was hung over one morning in the rain and it all fucking clicked, <laughs> you know, seven years late after trying. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it makes sense now. So you've got to, I think, come and go in different musical points in your career. If you don't like something now, there's nothing saying that in a year or two's time that you will like it then. So always, I always try and challenge my ears and listen to something different. And that, I think, helps me make music and also gives me perception of when we do talk about anniversaries, it's like, it was a point in, it was a point in time, you know, and that's why it was there, you know, and that's why people liked it because it was a movement. Yeah, no, exactly. You mentioned um, a host of influences there. And I mean, over the years, you've toured with some incredible bands, played some mad festivals and opportunities and stuff. But is there anyone you've met along the way that kind of just blew you away or had an experience with that kind of like hero figure from your youth? <sighs> Always regret not talking to Noel Gallagher when we were making Sinners Never Sleep. Oh, really? It was all, yeah, yeah, we were recording at Sunset Sound, and every time I went out for my coffee and cigarette break, he was always there. <laughs> and I know, and I know, and, and it was all, it was always like across the courtyard, I'd sit and drink a coffee and smoke a cigarette, and it would always, we'd always look up and be like, all right. And that would be as far as you go. Wow. Because you're fucking, it's not Gallagher, man. Like, <laughs> the <yeah>. fucking Prince Lord. <laughs> like, yeah. the biggest badass of the 90s. And you're sitting going, fuck me, I don't want to get on the wrong side of him. And lo and behold, we did, in the end of the day, because we released the news about High Flying Birds, which was probably, you know, oh. it's quite, I look back and go, it's quite funny. It's one, one thing in our career that I can sit and go, well, we leaked the news about that, <laughs> about one of the biggest rock stars' solo debut records. You technically, um, um, that made you technically the Joe Jonas of, uh, of <laughs> yeah, rock. Yeah, my Jonas. You outed my chem and then you voted Noel Gallagher. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fucking classic, isn't it? Um, 
And there is definitely people I've met along the journey, like, and just their atmosphere, like Dave Grohl was a, you know, I had a, I had a funny thing with Dave Grohl. We're in Summer Sonic in Japan and we know their tour manager and we go into their dressing Mrs. birthday and I'm, I'm a bit overwhelmed at this point being a massive Foos fan. I'm sitting there going, Dave, Taylor, fucking <laughs> Pat Smith, Chris, <laughs> Nate, they're all here. And there's other people like the Royal Blood guys with there. There's loads of people in there. It's like, you know, Summer Sonic is a big festival. And yeah. they, like, for some reason, Foos had a bit of a party in their room. So it was, it was fantastic. And I remember it was like, I need to go out for air because it was so fucking hot and we were, everybody was smoking inside. And I just wanted to have like a minute to be like, fucking hell, have a breather. Get yourself sorted out. I was like, could I go outside for a smoke? And Dave, bro, I was like, you could smoke in there. I was like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know, man. I, I need to have a five minute breather. He's like, pussy, and walks off. And I was like, oh no! Oh no, like crumbled at the, crumbled at the moment. But, you know, meeting people like Paramore, Paramore, like a great influence. It's, down to earth, humble people still remember who they are, you know, like, and great at what they do and work hard. It's, there's always people that you've met along the journey that you're always going to remember. And, you know, so those guys are the same, like me hanging out with you guys, Sean, the blackout, like playing shows with you guys. And just, you guys would always bring the fun. Every day was just like, let's have fun. Let's enjoy it. Like, let's not take shit for granted, man. Like, and those are, I think those are things that are left on artists and as music makers, whoever you are, Whatever your, whatever your environment and who you are does grieve on other people. So, like, I'm a hyper, 100% go-getter, have fun, enjoy life. That's what I bring out, you know, and I, I hopefully that's in, inspired people to be like that as well, you know. People say don't meet your, don't meet your idols, and sometimes do and sometimes don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah, if I was you, I would have got a tattoo that just said pussy, with quotation marks, and then Dave Grohl written underneath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pussy, pussy with a cigarette, literally, literally like sad face. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant, though. Oh, amazing. Um, and just a couple of uh, quick things, Max, before we let you go. Um, one thing I had to bring up is hot sauce you and me at six have brought out at, uh, lately. That's, that's absolutely insane. How did that come about and i also want to know if um you've had like some weird proposals for kind of merch or anything like that over the years that you've had to turn down for one reason or another you must have had some weird offers over the years yeah i'm sure we have Uh, i'll start with the hot sauce because that's fresh on the mind right now a rather tasty treat as well. It works with everything. Cooking with it, have our own toast, whatever you do with it. It's amazing with Mexican food, but this is like Matt Barnes's special thing. You know, Matt is a, a Matt's a connoisseur of hot sauce. And he's, I mean, he's got a lot of hot sauces, a big draw full. And I think it's just, you know, just being there, sitting there with a record called Sucker Punch and going into a lockdown, just being a, just being a bit more creative and a bit more fun. And Matt was like, I want to do something with a hot sauce. You know, I found this guy called Lou, you know, through our friend Begley, who plays in a band called Bosk. He's got all these hot sauces. They've got a hot sauce made up. So Begley put Matt in contact. They talked about it and, you know, they went into recipes. And the best way I can describe Sucker Punch is like, it's like Frank's, but I think it's got, instead, I don't know what chili it is. I think it's a habanero chili in ours which is not in the Franks one. So it's a little bit like a bit more on the greener side, but it's kind of got that vinegary, garlicky, salty, sugary taste that like Franks does. That I think it's better personally, but that's Matt's job, man. He worked on it for a few months, you know, working with Lou, going over the recipe, 
trying different things. And we're like, yeah, Matt, you, you make a hot sauce and all that. And it's like, didn't really think about where it was going to end up. And <laughs> we get the, we get the bottles and we're in the studio and we tried it. And it was, I think we were all surprised on how good it was. And like, we're all just smothering everything now because like, I like hot sauce, but it's like one that you go back to and it's like, I'll have it with, like with crisps, I have it with a dip, I have it oh, with wow. toast, I have it in a soup, I have it with my Mexican, <laughs> I have it on anything now because it's that good and it just brings a new, it brings a great flavor to it. And with that as well, like I think we've done something with um, What the Pitter as well. They've opened up a shop in Manchester and where Lou's from is in Manchester and they're running the hot sauce with What the Pitter on some of their food menus and it's going on delivery. So, and a, a, a small idea that we thought was just jokes and it'd just be a bit of fun from Matt's side has turned into something that's gone into an actual vegan food shop now and getting on delivery. So Mad. anything can happen, man. Yeah. So, and in terms of crazy stuff that we've had, like, to be honest with you, like I think the hot sauce is the craziest thing that I've, I think has ever happened because you can't, like we've sat there and we've like, when you talk about merch, or you do merch, you do screen prints and all that. It's, it's all kind of standard stuff where I think for the first time, this is something that's a little bit more outside the box that we've ever done before. That is actually something that, you know, means something to us. Well, it means something to Matt. He's a big hot sauce fan and we all like hot sauce. But when you start thinking of stuff like that, we've always thought, oh, we'll do you know, we did the You, Me, at Sheesh thing for the launch of Album 6, which was funny. A tip back to what we love food. Who doesn't love food at the end of the day? And I think I'd love to do something with beer or some sort of spirit company because, you know, I do like to drink, not promoting advocate drinking here. But, like, <laughs> it'd be fun. Like, you look at somebody like Iron Maiden. They've got the yeah, truth to beer. Yeah. That's been something that's been such a long-running thing for them. And actually, it's a massive part of their business now. So the same thing could be said about the hot sauce. It could be something like that. And I think we'd, I think just to be a bit more experimental and take ourselves like our music, get a bit more outside the box and think, what else could we do? You know, what else can we bring to the party here? And what, what means to us is like, I know Josh is massively into, you know, Josh is FIFA, but he also loves doing a bit of boxing as well. So maybe there'll be something in that kind of fitness thing. And you see Dan do his like, health diet over lockdown that you know it's got him into massively fit shape and he got him in an interview with gq talking about his process getting there so i think this if you want to do anything don't sit there and think about what's going to come in the reward of it just be like is, is it good for me am i going to get something out of this you know am i not not the bigger picture maybe we're going to be loaded like again like we're going to make loads of money from this no just do something because you want to do it and if it's good then it will get there so who knows? Yeah, that's that's really good advice in general. That's really good advice in general. Yeah, and um, yeah. Well, with all that now, obviously the album is out today. I'm sure you've got loads of things coming up to kind of promote it and go with it and just celebrate this journey you made six has been on. But is there any other kind of things we can expect or things on the radar for like bucket list goals or anything in the pipeline? You know, I do, at this current point right now. Just hoping for a fucking show again. Hope, hoping nice. to play, hoping to play a show again. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think it's, I think when it does come back, I think it'll be an explosion. I think it'll be bigger and better than ever before because I think people will have a newfound love and respect for not taking it for granted. Oh, we can go to a show. It'd be like we can finally go to a mm. show now. So yep. you know, I can only say that as a musician that I'm I'm counting down the days for that. You know, we're sitting here and hopeful that we're going to get to our stuff in May June. 
you know, and get there. But, you know, what will be will be. But when the moment happens and whoever that lucky first person is to get their show is, I'm sick. I can't wait for it. I, I know I can't wait for it. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm hopeful for a show and to be back in a room with fans and an audience again, you know, more so over anything else. I think that's what everybody's looking forward to. Yeah, because the last gig you did was... Um, Gunnersville. Uh, Gunnersville. Wow. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's, this is the longest period that uh, as a band we've not played for. And it's, it's really weird to kind of stop time and be like, it was good. But my, hair, my, my hair is, well, my hair is pretty crap anyway, as you can tell, I shout all the time. Um, but I think it's allowed myself to recover a little bit like my knees i didn't really realize how bad my knees were right. i have to work out because otherwise i'm gonna to have to have new knee replacements at 40 from all the jumping up and down but it's good to stop and it's good to take foresight and look back and reflect on everything because i think as artists we don't get to do that as much but if anything i've got way more of a hunger to get back out there now and just carry on playing gigs and enjoy music with fans all over the world Good. Nice. That's exactly what we want to hear, and it's <laughs> people. People can't see us because uh, it's an audio-only <laughs> podcast. But I can see it in you. I can see the happiness. I can see the hunger. I can yeah. see how fucking excited you are for everything to come. And genuinely, I can't fucking wait for you. I, I, the sooner we're all allowed back out, you're in fucking arenas and then ultimately stadiums. It'll be fucking brilliant, and I can't wait. So, um, right. yeah. Mate, nor can I. Just get us back there. Just, just get us back there, please. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going mental. I can't do any more walks, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh. Well, yeah, thank you so, so much for giving yeah, us thanks, the time man. this morning. Um, it means no, the honestly, world. Honestly, thank you. It's, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm so glad to be doing this with you guys, finally. I, I've watched Josh do it. I'm like, God damn it, I want to do that. I love it. I love a slice of that. And when I got the call, I was like, yes, I've made it. Yes, I'm here now. <laughs> well, yeah, we specifically asked for you, I believe. Yeah, yeah um, we did. So, Cause yeah. Because you're bloody legends. That's yeah. Right. I, yeah, we didn't want to say it, but Josh is boring. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. If you listen to this, yeah, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, your vocals on all the new songs are brilliant. Uh, and you're a superstar um, oh. yeah Max Max <laughs> yeah. thank you so much and hopefully we get to fucking see you soon in person yes and we'll all get a fucking hang out and have a laugh again oh we will do that first shot of Jägermeister it's going to oh. be a Jäger bomb and it's going to probably be about two or three of the bounce and the pints are going to go so quickly as well not promoting alcohol again by <laughs> sucker punch on <laughs> now available for seven eight nine. <laughs> <laughs> right, so thank oh, you amazing. so so much cheers Max thank no you very much thanks guys it's been a pleasure lovely yes amazing amazing great to see him great to talk to him the wonderful Max Hallier. Thank you so, so much. Yumi Six's new album, Sucker Punch, is out right now. But don't listen to the end of this episode first before you go and listen to it, obviously. That is true. That is true. Yes. Um, yeah, thanks again to Max. Thanks to Yumi Six for existing and being lovely, lovely, lovely chaps. Congratulations on the album. I'm sure it's going to uh, make them bigger than they've ever been. So, uh, yeah, I cannot wait for them to be playing later in the summer fingers crossed mm. you can't see this because on a podcast but i've literally got every single thing i can possibly cross including my eyes all of my individual hairs um all over my body i've crossed them all 
in hopes that we get to do something this summer gig wise and that's anybody doing gigs um that's true as so, well yeah i can see him and he's i can't believe you've managed to do that so quickly sean i mean well this is the first one i've done fully naked as well yeah i was a, i was i was a bit confused like do you think this was a pink t-shirt yeah he looked a bit salmon to be honest i wasn't sure what was going on yeah is it the hairy detail around the nipples are really i just thought it was i thought you had some oil or something on it to be honest and it just got a bit dirty (laughs) no no this is just my skin anyway um yeah thanks again to uh max yeah all the songs have been fucking tuned so far so i'm excited after this now as soon as this is finished because i listen to my own podcast uh first thing every friday as should you and then I go into the albums of the week. So, uh, yeah, as soon as this finishes now, I'm going to get off and I'm going to go and listen to Sucker Punch and um, enjoy my fucking Friday. Sorry for swearing. Got excited. You're going to get off and listen to Sucker Punch? I know it's good, but isn't, uh, I don't think it's that good, Sean. It might mean be? it's not that good? It might be, I don't know. Oh, oh backtracking. I'm, He's backtracking. I've got the fishing rod out and getting it back. Yeah, anyway, yes. Reel it back in, boy. Reel it back in. Also, it was lovely to see him talk really passionately about hot, hot sauce and everything like that and just <laughs> songwriting for other artists as well. I'm looking forward yeah. to hearing more about that in the future. Um, if he wants to write a Mo Dick track, um, nobody's asking for it. Nobody wants that at all, but Literally why nobody. not? Why not? If he wants to... I think more, pe- more people are asking for it not to happen, I heard. Ooh. I, uh, I heard people are going to crowdfund... Um, the not release of the Modic album by doing a crowdfunder on GoFundMe or Kickstarter, right? For you to have the money to not make the album because people don't want to hear it. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. That's the rumour I heard in the Sapnin um, Patreon group. They're all getting together to pay you not to put an album out, please. I'm flattered, to be honest, because if that many people care about it not happening, then that is showing some emotion. And I'd rather them show some emotion than not give a shit at all to be honest oh they're, oh, they're showing emotion alright they're showing emotion they run about pick it in your house <laughs> wow that's the yeah I heard they were all going to get together and like um, well like an angry mob very much like an angry mob with um, fiery steaks and stuff and yeah they were going to pop to your house um, in Cardiff that's right I've told everybody where you live well because I'm a so, monster well I don't know I don't know why no because they don't want you to record an album Weird, I know, I know, I know. They, they, they would rather kill you than you put an album out. That's what they told me. Well, that's what I'm reading anyway on the um, Patreon group board. Imagine getting so bad as an artist that your fans would rather kill you than rather have another record out. That's, that's wow. That's you remember Wolves by the Blackout, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, people, anyway, people anyway. Like, anyway, if you desperate to tell me that I shouldn't make any music whatsoever because I can't sing for the for the life of me. You can either A, yeah. go and follow us on our social media pages at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. At S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Or you can head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin, to send me very harmful comments straight to my face and get to keep this podcast happening each and every week with loads of bonuses and meet some other wonderful people who I've now just learned are the angry mob. 
Oh, yeah. If you would like to um, find out Morgan's address and pick it his house, <laughs> definitely join up to patreon.com forward slash happening, where we give away his, um, his address and location every week. So, um, yeah, you can find Morgan and punch his face to stop him from making music because literally nobody wants it. That's, that's literally a sucker punch. Oh, my fucking God. Anyway, are we done? <laughs> um, no, because... And there's two oh. things. First... <laughs> are we done? No. Oh. Yeah, I was going to ask you if there's anything else you wanted to mention before we say a wonderful thank you to the people that helped make this happen. I'm still in a band. Uh, i got a band called Raiders, Raiders Band UK. Um, at Raiders Band UK on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facey B, which I believe the kids are today calling it, Facey B. Oh, fuck it. Oh, I feel sick saying it. Uh, yeah, Raiders UK on fucking Spotify, Apple Music, or fucking wherever you crazy kids listen to music nowadays. I don't fucking know. Um, other than that, Please support the podcast where you can. Please share it, like it, rate it. Please go to your podcast thing and rate it and leave a review and be nice. Because I know a lot of people are going, oh, I'd be funny now. I'll give him a one star and call Sean a fat dick. <laughs> yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> but don't. <laughs> Please don't. Please, if you've enjoyed any of the episodes, just give us a five star because it fucking really, 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 really helps us. Yes. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast somehow, then I'm sure you Sorry. can go back and listen to a bunch of previous episodes they will make you laugh and smile guaranteed absolutely guaranteed you can call me out on that um but wow. with everything that's a, Mo- that's a morgan richards guarantee ladies and gentlemen. literally we, we always have a wow. laugh it's a good it's a good time but without further ado we should say thank you to the people who make this happen so if you head to the description of this episode there's loads of names absolutely loads of them that we thank um but we want to give a gigantic shout out to the elite members of our patreon community those are the top tiers and sean's going to read their names out to you now and like i say every week they've probably changed their names to something wacky to have fun at our expense and let's just find out what they've come up with this time hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
Cool. Well, thank you very much. And a massive happy birthday for Wednesday to uh, Kylie Wheeler. Thank you very much. Mayumi Liwowe, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Janelle Casson, who's still got a name in most called, Kelly Young, Nathan Croshaw, Doobly Yub Noob Groob Mawoob Boobed. That's Dilly Grimwood. Uh, thank you very much. Paul Hirschfield, Kelly Owen, Mike Lengler, Liam Conley, Scooby Drew Styles, Scooby Drew Styles, Dana Dancefloor, Darling Lasnava, Subrub Jube Moobs. Okay. Kat Benson, Damadine Urbano, Loz, Tony Michael, Tom Owen, Amy Campion, Johnny Phillips, Scott Jones, Bert, Simon Amos, Ooblu, Blue, Blue, Voo, Blue, Lou, Blue, Oob, Moobs, Broobs, Bree. Nice one, Ollie. Kate Stevenson, thank you very much. Jenny Sexy Boy Monster, thank you. Emily Senegal, thank you. Danny Eaton, thank you. Martin McManus, thank you. Lucy Diaz, thank you. Erin Howard, thank you. Becky Andy, thank you. John and Emma, thank you. Jubes, Subson, Hoob, Roob, Doob, Oob. Jason, you bastard. Thank you very much. Marcy Jacobson, Brian Pinker, Jenny Robinson, Louis Cook, Kevin Clark, Caroline Robinson, Crew Boob, Hoob Roobs, that's Craig Harris, Kelly Emma Cannon, Sandra Kuacek, Livy Cropper, Tallulah Grant, James McNaught, Kubli Moobly Lubri, that's Kelly Mallory, thank you very much. Stuart, happy birthday to my second favourite frontman, Sean Smith, love you buddy, McNaught. He hasn't changed that for over two weeks. My birthday was on December the 29th. If you didn't get me anything, join our Patreon and specify specifically for Sean's birthday. Um... Thank you very much to Sharif Awadali, Lydia Henderson. Oh, here we go. Julia Mbop Baduba Dop. Alright. Yeah. Ravich. That was easier than trying to read it. It was just remembering and singing a song, innit? Thank you very much to Jacob Turner. TJ Umblumblubububububuduk. Oh, for fuck's sake. Josh, what do you call a woman who sets fight to a phone bill? Bernadette Crisp. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you. Right, let me just finish these last three. Thank you very much to Adam Parslow, Alice Wood, and last by no means least, Katrina Robinson. Thank you very much to all of those people and all the other people involved in the description and anyone who's ever been involved with our Patreon. It genuinely means the absolute fucking world to me and your support literally keeps us going. Thank you very much. I love you. I'm not sure about Morgan. Morgan, what are you doing? What are you hiding I was just trying not to laugh because Bernadette oh, okay. really got me. But yes, thank you everyone who makes this happen. We love everyone on our Patreon. Patreon.com for us happening. You literally help us. You, you help us every single day by not only letting this, by keeping this going, but just embracing each other, making friendships and... And during this mad last year of lockdowns and crap, we've helped each other out so much. It brings smiles to our faces each and every day. So thank you from the bottom of our little emo hearts. Yes, yes, he's dead right. Um, yeah, the support in our Patreon group for each other is fucking outstanding. I had to swear because that's how important mm. it is. Um, thank you very much to everybody involved with it. Thank you very much. If this is your f- if this is your first time listening, thank you very much. Please check out the other episodes. As Morgan said, there's definitely a, at least well, we got two other episodes. Did you miss six? You like? Yeah. And then if there's if you would if you go through our catalog and there's not a fucking band you like, right? Number one, you're either deaf. Sorry for that. Are you listening <laughs> to this? Number two, <laughs> keep up. Um, uh, yeah. Number one. Oh no, piss. What was my point? What was my point? Oh yeah, 
or two, you're lying. You're an absolute fucking liar because we've definitely got a band on there you like. You bound to have. Because there's loads of bands in there I like. And I don't even like loads of bands. So <laughs> I've managed it. That was such a Welshy sentence. I fucking loved it. Yeah, sorry guys. But yeah, here we are. Cool. Um, What's up then? <laughs> uh, I'll leave it. Oh, soon it's. Well, oh, I was going to leave it with a joke I remembered over Christmas. I had this in the cracker, right? What does what does Cinderella um Fuck me, this is going well. <laughs> <laughs> over to Morgan for his final thought. Well, Cinderella and oh no, if Beauty and the Beat no, Snow White to and the how many dwarfs? No, I read in a cracker. If Father Christmas was made of wood, no. What, Morg? What? If Cinderella's photos had gone missing from the chemist, because that's where they used to print them, what would she say? Go on. Someday my prints will come. Anyway, that's been episode 112 of Sapman Podcast. We'll see you next Friday, unless you're part of the Patreon. We'll we talk won't. to you we won't. right we in won't five Friday. minutes. There's Love you no, all. There's no other. F- no, yes, no, there is. We're not, no, this is the last episode. No, we've got others recorded. So the last one. Well, you fucked it. No, with that awful, awful joke. You fucked it big time. You've effed it, BT. Hashtag effed it, BT. E-double-F-E-D. B, then the letter T. F, it, B, T. This is the last episode of Sapling Podcast, or, or as it's now known, what was Sapling? <laughs> because there's no more fucking episodes because Morgan's ruined it. Thank you very much, everybody who's listening. Still join the Patreon or anyway, innit? Fuck it. Uh, Sapling! Sapling! That joke is fucking awful, but why would she... What's it got to do with anything? Like, why Prince... You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, Thank you very much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. 
Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered.